You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. This is a very rare treat in that uh, all the guests that we have on the show, I usually ask them, who is someone you look up to? Uh, you know, who do you read? Uh, who do you look to as a thought leader? Uh, and Jason's name was brought up multiple times from multiple people. Uh, and so it's a real honor and a treat to have Jason on the show today. Uh, I, I describe him as a thought leader who doesn't call himself a thought leader, so which is so awesome. So Jason, thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I'm uh, absolutely delighted to be here. We actually recorded this entire thing once. The record button wasn't on, so we're recording it again, and I'm trying to remember what I said and what I didn't say. So those that are into the <laughs> podcasting world, it happens sometimes. We had a great conversation, and uh, this was the first time for me, and so um, you get to join us again, and, and Jason's answers will be deeper, more thoughtful, Brilliant. more interesting, or it's going to be different answers, which I love. So you get a, you know, an improvisational version uh, of this, and so I got part one, now this is part two. So, right. Um, so, so I'm, Jason, I, I'm very sorry. I'll just put you on the spot by no, pointing that out. I love it. I love it. No, it's but great. It, 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 is, it is kind of one of those delightful moments where, oh, I forgot to press record. Behind the scenes, behind the scenes, the joys <laughs> uh, and pitfalls of podcasts, uh, podcasting. There you go. Yeah, it happens to us all. And that's the thing. I think kind of we all have to remember that we all mess up sometimes or we all make a mistake or we get things wrong. And it isn't the end of the world and we shouldn't be beating ourselves up about it. So let's get on with the conversation. I do apologize for that. No, it's awesome. Um, Jason, those that don't know you yet, um, tell me about uh, what you love talking about, what you love writing about and where you're currently publishing. Right. I love talking about brand SERPs. Uh, brand being obviously the name of your company or the name of a person or the name of your podcast or the name of uh, your product or the name of an event, or the name of a software, yeah. all of these are entities. And entities are things that Google can recognize. And so a brand SERP actually starts off with your brand, but it, and then moves on to the people who are associated with your brand, or your software, or your products, or all of the things associated with it. And a SERP is a search engine results page. So it's the search engine results page when somebody searches your brand name, your product name, your own name. Um, and they're phenomenally important and phenomenally underestimated in the marketing mm. industry and the digital marketing industry too. I also focus on knowledge panels, which is what you see on the right. Now, if you think about the Google search results, on the left-hand side, it's showing you what it thinks might be the best answer. It's a recommendation. If you look on the right-hand side on desktop, it's showing you facts. Mm. Those knowledge panels, what Google puts on the right-hand side of those results it's sticking its neck out and it's saying, this is fact. You really have to be convincing for it to put anything there. So I specialize as well in making sure that brands have one of those knowledge panels that indicates that Google is very confident. It's understood who you are, what you do and who your audience is. Um, and in um, very specifically there in Google My Business, I would be very clear the Google My Business panel is not the same thing as a knowledge panel. And Google Wikipedia is different as well, right? They're often there on the right side as well. Right, yeah. Uh, Google for years, all these machines, I mean, it doesn't matter whether it's Google, Apple, Facebook, um, Microsoft, they all yeah. train their machines on Wikipedia. 
Wow. The machines are trying to understand the world in much the same way that the human brain understands the world. Yeah. And Wikipedia is the biggest encyclopedia we have that is human curated. Now, what does human cur curated mean? It means that human beings have gone in and they've checked all the information. So Google is saying, we can confidently give this information to the machine, say, this is fact. Now we're going to train you to go out into the wider world and find out facts without Wikipedia being the only source. And that happened about a year and a half ago. Basically, Google, Google had these training wheels on, which was Wikipedia. And if you didn't have a Wikipedia page, basically, you didn't have a knowledge panel, more or less. Um, mm. And a year and a half ago, Google, I called it the Budapest update. And there's been some debate in the industry about whether that's actually a thing. And I promise you it's a thing. I've got the data and I've yep. got the obsession and I was watching it so closely. And I called it the Budapest update because I saw it when I was in Budapest, nice. not for any Very other cool. reason. Yeah. And I was hoping I just could just keep naming all these updates after the city I, I was it. in. Um, yeah. And I've got a Paris update, and that's it so far. I've only got two. The knowledge graph is moving far too slowly for me. But um, that point of the fact that you do not need a Wikipedia page to get in the knowledge graph and to have a knowledge panel is phenomenally important because we've been spamming as an industry Wikipedia for years for links, now for facts. Let's stop. Um, I, I got stung. We talked about it in the previous interview. Um, I got stung, got three Wikipedia pages deleted. And fair enough. I, I actually don't now have a complaint about that. At the time, I was offended and upset, and my ego took a bit of a hit. Could you find a Wikipedia writer to make those right because they're not you, and they're updating it and writing it? Theoretically, yes. Um, okay. In but is fact, it even worth the while to do that now? Well, that the... that's a very, very good point. There are actually a couple of things. One of which is, I, I mean, basically what I do is I experiment on how Google understands the yeah. world. So I yeah. keep, I've got 500 experiments going. I work with a company called Wordlift, who are Italian people run by um, Andrea Volpina, Volpini. Excuse me. Yeah. And we're building knowledge graphs that we're then communicating to Google as knowledge graphs. Wow. And it's worked yeah. incredibly well. And we've got 500 experiments going. And some of them go wrong, some of them go right, some of them are great, yeah. some of them pop up with knowledge panels. Mm -hmm. Knowledge panels sometimes disappear, sometimes they change, sometimes. And it's kind of dynamic. And what I've been doing is trying to figure out why all of this happens. So I'm happy for a knowledge panel to disappear because I understand afterwards why it disappeared. So I can then tell people how not to make the same mistake. And Wikipedia was a wonderful example because I have myself a rock group I was in in the 90s and yep. a cartoon that was on ITV International. Yeah. Now the rock group sold 40,000 albums. The yep. TV series was in 25 countries and I created both. I was a double bass player in the group. I was a blue yep. dog in a cartoon. Yeah. I'm notable by any stretch of the imagination that Wikipedia And you're authored at, at multiple other websites besides your own. You haven't just self-published. You, you've been you know, sure. published elsewhere. Yeah. Oh, we can come to that afterwards. But, yeah. but that point is actually really interesting because they said, oh, we're not deleting you because you're not notable. We're deleting you because you messed with the pages yourself. Oh, interesting. And okay. I was messing with the pages myself because I was trying to understand how Google reacted. Yeah. 
So I learned, I actually got what I wanted in inverted commas, yes, which is rotten yeah. to say, out of Wikipedia, is that I now understand how Google reads Wikipedia yeah. and how much we can influence what Google thinks through Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, and at the time when it happened, my knowledge panel disappeared for a month and I had to rebuild it from scratch. Interesting. And wow. I know now why it disappeared, because there was a blue dog, his didn't disappear, the rock group, that didn't disappear. Mine did. Why? Because I didn't yeah. have an entity home, which is something if you look it up online, I talk about yeah. all the time. The entity home is the single most important thing in your digital marketing strategy in terms of your brand or your person or your product or your event or your software mm. as an entity. And if you have that, you have safety and you don't rely on Wikipedia. And Rand Fishkin, who was on my podcast a while ago, is one of the rare people who said, I wanted my page deleted from Wikipedia. And he had it deleted and he had a lot of trouble doing it because they wanted him to be in it, whereas they don't want me. Um, and he actually figured out something that I had to have my page deleted to discover was that I don't want Wikipedia editors to control the message about my brand. Yeah. And he was saying, and I love this story from him because yeah. it's, it's absolute, it's delightful. If you ask a Wikipedia editor, yeah. which planet did Captain Kirk visit in the 15th episode of the 12th season of Star Trek, they will nail it every time. If you ask them who founded Moz, they don't know, they get it wrong. And Wikipedia yeah. controlling your brand story and your brand yeah. message is a it's not a big mistake, but it's not something you necessarily want. And what mm. happened for me was that as soon as the Wikipedia page disappeared, yeah. the description in that knowledge panel was one that I provided from my own site. So I got oh, control. That's brilliant. And, and, and speaking of control, like you choosing to have your own website, and, and what I find so fascinating about you is that you write everywhere else. <laughs> Like you, 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 you've chosen, you're one of those unique thought leaders where you're choosing not to write on your own blog or your own site, your own GeoCity website, where you have some click funnel that takes them into something where you then sell them this course and then you sell them some oils and they become part of your like pyramid world. Like you're, you're so generous about publishing everywhere else. I need to know why. What? Give me the thinking behind that, because that's so rare and so fascinating. Yeah, I don't think it's generosity. I mean, there, there is okay. there is reasoning yeah. behind it. Yeah. Um, the thing is, I'm not really selling anything to anybody, um, or I never have been up until now. Yeah. Uh, that's actually starting to change in that I now have a platform, but we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, yeah. The reason I started publishing on other people's sites is because I want to share what I've learned, hmm. um, number one. But also number two is I don't believe that on my own, my own writing is good enough. Hmm. I tend to get overexcited about details that nobody else cares about. Okay. I get confused in the way I'm explaining things. I assume people think that people know things that they don't necessarily know. And Melissa Fash from Samrush was the first person who actually kind of welcomed me in. So oh, and cool. Alex as well, who I should mention, who was the other editor. Yep. Yeah. and said it was quite kind of interesting because I talked to her a, a year ago and I said you know why were you publishing me because she kept asking mm. me and she kept publishing and and she said because you're one of the only authors who actually listens to the criticism because well, otherwise I assume someone would be offended and say well I'm gonna self-publish I don't need to go with you exactly and she yeah. was saying you know like 90% of it is rubbish um, mm. and 
what happened is I sent in the article, I was so unsure that when she sent it back and said, this, 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 you know, too much self-promotion, you're not explaining it here, this title doesn't make sense, this could be moved up here. And I looked at it and I thought, but she's right. So I rewrote it, I literally, that first article rewrote it three times. Um, wow. Because I wanted to get it right and I trusted Melissa and I was right to trust Melissa because she really knows what she's talking about. Yeah, yeah. And then with Danny Goodwin at Search Engine Journal, yeah. uh, he, he, I mean, the, 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 the story I love to tell is that I wrote one article because Gary Elias happened to talk about how search functions at Google. Mm -hmm. And it was at uh, SMS Australia. I asked him, is there a separate algorithm for the feature snippet? And he said, no, in his very sardonic manner. Mm -hmm. And then said, but I will explain what it, how it does work. And he then went on to explain in a closed session that was supposed to be mm -hmm. secret yes. to 20 people, how basically what they explain to Google engineers when they start working at Google, which is mm -hmm. what I then termed Darwinism in search. And it's blue link algorithm is the basis. And then the competing verticals like news and video and images yeah. competing for a place um, by proving their worth. And he calls them bids. It's not monetary bids. It's bids yeah, of the value to the user. And what was interesting is right after I, I went up to him and I said, like, Gary, can I write an article about that? Because this was obviously a closed session. Yeah. And he said, yes, you can, because all of this information is already out there. It's just nobody's ever put it together in one chunk. Interesting. And I said, can I cite you? And he said, yes, you can cite me. Um, wow. So I then went out and everyone yeah. went to the pub and it was yeah, really yeah. cool because yeah. we're in Australia. Everybody's yeah. going to go and buy their beer. And I yeah. sat in the corner of the, I asked the, the bar person, yeah. can I have some paper and a pen? And they were going, yeah. what, 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 what? And they gave me one tiny piece of paper. And I went and sat in the corner before drinking any beer yeah. And wrote on this piece of paper everything I could remember from what he had just said. Wow. And then went on to write this, this article about it. And what was really interesting about that is that after, after writing the article, I've been watching a lot of videos online. Yeah. And he's right. Everything is out there. It was already out there a year and a half, two years ago. But nobody had put it all together. And what, what he did very kindly was put it all in one chunk that I could then just repeat. So this whole Darwinism in, in search, it's a term I invented, but the theory is nothing to do with me. It's actually just how this thing functions. So it's, it's like somebody once said, oh, Jason Barnard's theory. And you're going, it's not Jason Barnard's theory, it's the way it works. I just happened to explain it first. And um, so that, that article, there are multiple stories behind this. That article was really, really, really interesting because Danny Goodwin, it was Bill Slavsky who recommended me and said to Danny Goodwin, can you please publish this? Bill yeah. Slavsky, big hats off to you. Thank you very much. Yeah. We were at PubCom after that article had been published and I asked Danny in a very nervous voice, do you think I could possibly publish something else? And he said, when people like you and Bill write stuff, I publish. And Danny Goodwin wow. has been such a support for me oh. personally. He's a lovely guy and he lets yeah. me theorize and throw all this stuff out there and then he agreed to publish the bing series which is when i went to bing in or microsoft and yeah. frederick debout from bing organized a series of interviews for me with 
team leads at Bing, including the guy, Ali Alvi, who runs the feature snippet algorithm, which is called wow. Q&A there. Yep. Minaz Merchant, who runs the video and image algorithm. Um, Fabrice Canel, who runs Bingbot, who's incredibly yep. nice, incredibly intelligent. Mm -hmm. When you understand how Bingbot works, or yeah. Googlebot, pretty much the same yeah. thing, you really get to grips with how this whole functions and how important Fabrice Canel at Bing and whoever runs Googlebot is to the rest of them. I mean, Ali Alvi, who runs the feature snippet algorithm, said without his work, we simply could not function. And it seems obvious, but it's not just crawling and indexing, it's how the bot puts all of this into a database. Because if it puts it into a database correctly annotated, which is what Fabrice Canal says, these algorithms can easily pull the bits out they want. Yeah. And all of these algorithms work off the same database. All of these algorithms work off the basics, the basic blue link algorithm that's run by Frederick de Boo at Bing. And they just add the chunks, which is what Gary Ellis explained to me, is they add the chunks that they need in order to make it more appropriate for the type of content they're delivering, bit news or videos or images or whatever. So that for me is the single most important insight I've had in my entire career. And being able to publish it, being able to A, talk to these people, B, analyze yeah. it, C, publish it on Search Engine Journal, which was the start of this conversation, allows me to get 12,000 people to read what I'm saying, which I think is important. If I published it on my site, it would be 200 people. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm here to help everybody else understand what I've understood because I'm simply totally enthusiastic about it and I've got nothing that I want more than for people to go to, to to understand or to see what I'm seeing in my rabbit hole that we were talking about earlier on. And then the compensation is the the awareness, the opportunity, the the sharing and the nice, you know, your name is associated then with their authority. Yeah, I'm I mean writing for Samrush or for Search Engine Journal, I'm now yeah. writing as well for Search Engine Land. Yeah. Uh, writing for Wordlift, who I mentioned quite a lot because I work closely with them on the idea of entities and how to communicate entities to Google so it truly understands. I mean, you have to remember 2015, everyone talks about hummingbird yes. from strings to things. Things are entities. This is the world we're living in. We have wow. to explain to Google who we are, what we do, and Google wants to understand it, as we were saying earlier with Wikipedia, like a human being understands it. The knowledge graph is a machine-readable version of an encyclopedia. Hmm. And the machine has no concept of notability. Wikipedia so anyone... will say, you're not notable, so you're not in yeah. Wikipedia because people aren't actually interested in it, which is fine. Yeah. The machine is just going, I don't care, I want to understand. You can be not notable, you can have done nothing in your life. If I can understand, I'm going to get you in my brain and I'm going to represent you. Wow. So any kind of like CEO, business owner, CMO, marketing director listening right now or you know, representing a brand, they could come to you and you could show them how they can get there or you could do it for them. That's part of the services you provide. You can yeah, get them so on a knowledge panel. Yeah, more or less. so, so exa exactly. Basically what I've done is spent the last seven years uh, pushing things into the knowledge graph, failing to push things into the knowledge graph, yeah. correcting things in the knowledge graph, yeah. getting those knowledge panels, optimizing them for my clients. And I've learned basically how to educate Google and educating Google, Amazing. it really isn't com complicated. I mean, honestly, when I explain it to you, you go, that's, 
really stupidly simple. And for me, that's the sign of something that's probably true. If it's really simple and really obvious when I tell you, I'm probably right. And what CaliCube does, and I'm actually building it right now, which is what I do yeah. at my weekends over the last kind of couple of months. I actually built it four years ago. Nobody yeah. listened, nobody wanted to know about it. So I put it in a fridge and I'm getting it out of the fridge now. And it's actually Amazing. much better than I remember it being. Amazing. And what it does, it goes through all the sources it can find and it will identify a prioritized list of sources that Google is using for your entity in particular. Yeah or could potentially use for your entity, and marry that to what Google is using for other entities within the industry and within your specific entity type. Amazing. And then say, this is what you've got. This is what you need to do with what you've got, and this is what you need to create. The two mm. together will create, and this is what I like to say, is basically corroboration. We're all talking about corroboration. Yeah. Wikipedia says, in order to be believed by a Wikipedia editor, you need to have multiple corroborations from independent yeah. third-party trusted sources. Correct, yeah. It's exactly the same for the knowledge, path, the knowledge path, except you don't have people judging whether you're notable enough or not. The knowledge graph doesn't care if you're notable. It's going, that's enough third-party trusted sources, yeah. that's good enough for me, in you go. And Andrea Volpini from Wordlift, and I think it was Dawn Anderson, actually stated to me that each of them heard from people at Bing and from Google, 30 is about the right number of mm. trusted corroborative so okay. sources. Obviously, obviously, and please don't think, oh, I have to get 30 and that's my lot. It could be as low as five. Mm -hmm. It could be as high as 100. But 30 is a good figure to aim at and say, I need 30 corroborative sources for the knowledge mm -hmm. graph or the, to, to be confident that the information it's got is reliable and believable and I can put it in that fact right rail. Aim and maybe 30. IMDB or Amazon author might be more authoritative because it's harder to get into IMDB or Amazon authors. Exactly. So kind of, yeah, if I've got an IMDb and a Music Brains and a, and, a, and a... I mean, Amazon probably less authoritative than something like IMDb. Music Brains is great, but that's for music. Google Books, incredibly authoritative. And if you think about that, yeah. anything that's native to Google, Google controls. So Google yeah. can make sure that it's more reliable. So you, you look at IMDb, and once again, that kind of bias that Google seems to have. It's basically saying, well, we actually control it so we can believe that it's right. Because if we don't believe it's right, we're a rubbish company. So if someone came to you that's listening to the show and, and approached you and said, hey, I, I really need to get my CEO on a knowledge panel, would, you, would the prices range because maybe someone comes to you who's you know, maybe really weak, has two sources, or someone comes to you with 40 sources, the price range differ, or is it pretty much a set? No. Um, kind of in, fact, in fact, what, what happens, and as I'm building the beta platform, I've, yeah. I've got lots of people on board. And I've got, I've got, yeah. it, the difficulty depends on, as you rightly said, the number yeah. of sources, the trustworthiness yeah. of the source, the ambiguity of the name. Yeah, yeah. Um, like Bill Smith. Bill Smith. Well, I'm actually working on Craig Campbell, who's phenomenally oh, ambiguous wow. in Scotland. Okay, yeah. Um, and so it depends on all of that. But in fact, the work is almost always the same. It's okay. identify the sources that Google has correctly understood so far. Yeah. Identify the sources that exist that it can potentially use 
to leverage its own understanding, then identify the sources that, it, that don't yet exist that will help to convince it. Those three together, bring them all together, whatever your entity, yeah. you're, you're gonna nail it. Um, and yeah. obviously with an entity that has an awful lot of news around it, a famous entity, yeah. you've got an awful lot of that pre-existing stuff that you need to sort yes. out. For an entity that doesn't have much news, you're gonna be much more on the other side, which is the new stuff you need to create. So in fact, the process is always the same. It's just a question of how much information already exists and how reliable is that information? How much do I need to correct? And what CaliCube does is bring those three sources together and say, yeah. this is what you need to do. And it goes granularly to the point where you can say, this is what you need to do in this order of importance. Wow, that's um, amazing. And it's available now. Someone can go to the website, sign up. Right now you. you can sign up for beta. And as of... Yeah. Uh, probably early March, you'll be able to just sign up and it will be a play, paid, excuse me, platform where basically we're, I'm thinking, I'm still kind of trying to figure out quite how it's going to work. But if you're an expert SEO, I can give you the list and you can just deal with yeah. it because you know all yeah. this stuff and there's no yeah. point in me charging you a fortune. If you're not an SEO, yeah. I can give you somebody or I can provide somebody who can support you by saying a meta title is this, this is yes, what you need yes. to do. The description yeah. is here. This is what you need to do. Mm. So there's kind of two levels of service, one of which is experienced SEOs and agencies yeah. who just need the time saving yeah. of having that prioritized list and then they work through it. And the non-SEO who needs not only the list, but also some help with actually what you need to do. Because all of it, absolutely all of it, is basic, simple yeah. SEO yeah. and marketing. I yeah. would add. It's not just yeah. SEO, it's SEO and marketing mixed together. So yeah. from my point of view, what I'm beginning to see now is, you know, Craig Campbell, who is yeah. terribly ambiguous, but he's a good yeah. SEO. I can definitely just throw the list at him and he can get on with it. And there's no need for me to get involved. Wow. This is amazing. And, and those that are... Um I don't know, kind of coming to you. They don't even need to pull all the links together. The tool does it all. They don't need oh, to go yeah, find yeah, yeah. them all. Okay, that's incredible. Yeah, well, okay, what, so What the tool does is it, it, it actually goes out on a long, long story and it's complex and yeah. terribly, terribly exciting if you're interested in that kind of thing. Um, but the, the machine actually goes out and it will, pri it will find all these links. You don't need to even start Amazing. looking. And wow. it will also help you to write the schema markup you need. Yep. It will help you to identify what subtitle you want. That's phenomenally important. Uh, what wow. you, you know, um, yep. for example, uh, Elton John is a singer yeah. Yeah. or a musician. Yeah. Yeah. That simple triplet, Elton John is a singer, yeah. is phenomenally important. That's the basis of absolutely everything. Yeah. Next up is how do we describe him? And the mistake that most people make is they describe their entire story starting from the earliest date yeah. coming to the most recent. It should be completely the other way around, say this is what we do today. Yep. The history is A, probably not even important. And if it is important, you put it right at the bottom because nobody cares um, except you and your mother probably. Yeah. yeah. And yes. the next thing is to say, I need a home for that entity. And that's the single most important thing after the other two single most important yeah. things I just mentioned. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's to say Google needs to have a reference and what Mike Blumenthal okay. calls the canonical. Yeah. It's where all of that information that is corroborated around the web, Google yeah. just keeps coming back to it in this kind of cycle of, of mm. madness 
where yeah. you say, here is who I am, what I do, and who my audience is. Here's all the corroboration, and I'm pointing yeah. to it from my page. Yeah. Google goes out to that corroboration and comes straight back again. Wow. Then it goes out so and comes straight back again. And Wikipedia. It's, it, yeah, it's the Wikipedia you control. Well, you don't control you, Wikipedia. Wikipedia is a or, really bad place to have. Or, but when, you make your own, but when you make your own site, your own, you know, you right. say uh, canonical. Yeah, yeah, that's the one you can control. You don't have to worry about Wikipedia and someone exactly. editing it. Sorry, yeah, which I misunderstood. Genius. Yeah. yeah, no. And, uh, and, that and, is, and, and that's what Rand was saying is, I mean, he, he doesn't go this far because he, I don't think he's, I mean, he's not involved in this stuff. So obviously he doesn't yeah. think about it as much as I do. I don't yeah. sleep at night thinking about this yeah. stuff. Is you say, this is the home. And that's, mm. uh, Jono Alderson from Yoast says, it's yeah. the only chance you have of any control over what Google understands about you is to control that entity home. Wow. And Wikipedia okay. then becomes this kind of, just simply corroborative information about you. Yeah, yeah. You don't need it. And you probably, yeah. if you're not, if you're Rand Fishkin, you don't even want it. And that's really, really important. And um, I've triggered like 500 knowledge panels. And of wow. those 500 knowledge panels, five have used Wikipedia. Wow. Jason, this is amazing. We're going to put a link, of course, in the show notes. <laughs> Um, I'm so curious, you know, the, the pricing and, and the service model, I'm so fascinated to see when it goes from beta to, to the full-blown Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty exciting. interested to find out what the no, pricing no. model is going to be. <laughs> this, is, this is great. Um, Jason, are you, are you ready for rapid-fire questions? Oh, yeah, like? yeah, 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 yeah. I thought that was rapid-fire. No, there no. we go. Here we go. This is, this, is, this is kind of like, let's get to know you a little bit. Right. Uh, what was your first job? Oh, my very first job was pushing trolleys in a supermarket I was a punk and I was 14 years old Amazing. and the one thing I remember the two things I remember one of which is that when you're pushing trolleys those big lines of trolleys in supermarkets you bang your shins on them all the time and I had completely completely mm. blue shins for about a year wow and the other was I was a punk with this kind of um don't know what it's called a mohawk yep yep um, yeah difficult to believe these days and that's why they put me on the trolleys. And what was strange is that the, the little old grannies who used to come in and buy their baked beans in the yeah. supermarket in some northern town in the UK actually liked me. And it was the boss who didn't like me. And he thought mm. I scared them. And you're going, I actually don't scare them. They, they can see that I'm a nice person. And the yeah, mohawk yeah. doesn't affect them. It only affects yeah. you, yeah. Mr. Boss. Yeah. Interesting. Good learning. <laughs> I've never told um, that story before. How lovely. That's a great story. It's a great story. They saw the kindness in your eyes. You know, yes. Yeah. Ooh, how yeah, lovely. Yeah. 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 Uh, night owl or early bird? I used to be night owl. I used to play yeah. in a punk folk band yeah. and yeah. getting to bed at three o'clock in the morning and then getting up to drive to the next gig at six in the morning yeah. was part and parcel of my life. Um, since I made the blue dog and yellow koala cartoon, yeah. I've been more of an early bird okay. sleep person because yeah. I'm, I, I, the, what I'm trying to do in, an eight, in, in a day yeah. will, will decide when I go to bed. So I yes. went to bed late because I was playing bunk gigs. Yes. Then I had to make kids cartoons, so I went to bed early because I needed to be up all day to make the kids cartoons. Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. Uh, cat or dog person? Cat? Um, and I actually really don't know why, kind of, I'd like to say yeah. it's because cats don't care and okay. dogs are a bit kind of 
lopey dopey whatever yeah, it yeah. might be um but i think it's actually just because we had cats when i was a kid yeah. um more That's than anything awesome. else but I, I do love cats yeah uh dark or milk chocolate ooh, 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 ooh. i would have said milk up until a year ago okay and now i would say dark okay red or white wine neither neither okay dessert of choice Ooh. I don't actually like desserts. Uh, I'm okay. not much of a sweet toothy person. Yeah. yeah. But uh, if I have to choose my favorite dessert in the entire universe, it would be cheesecake. Nice. Uh, number one on your bucket list right now. Oof. Being able to go out to a restaurant and eat in a restaurant to be 100% yeah. honest. Yeah. Uh, favorite word or a word that needs to die or both? Oh, a favorite word. Empathy okay, would be my great. favorite word. Favorite, favorite word that needs to die. Yeah. I actually, I, to be honest with you, I can't think of a single word I would want to die. Okay, um, nice. That's great. But I, I, I'd like to think it's because I'm a positive human yeah. being who kind of tends to see the positive stuff. That's awesome. That's great. That's great. Uh, on that note, last charity you supported uh, with volunteer time or uh, financially and why? Uh, the local co-working space. Yeah. Because with the COVID, obviously they had to close down. Um, yeah. It's a very long story and I won't go into the details, but uh, I was able to help them and help mm. somebody who truly, excuse me, who truly actually needed them during that period. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. But that's, that's amazing. Sorry, that's not public yeah. story. Yeah, but it's amazing. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, it's one of those, uh, you know, we're aware of the first responders, we're aware of restaurants that are suffering, but co-working spaces are a big, yeah, big you know, impetus and support system for entrepreneurs who are all over the world. So sure. it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, they, they got seriously shut down and they seriously needed some help. Yeah, it's good for you. Um, favorite movie for a cozy night in? Oh, can I just tell you my favorite movie, which has got yeah. nothing to do with the cozy night in? It's, yeah. it's Some yeah. Like It Hot. And the reason I love to say Some yeah. Like It Hot is because everyone says it's because it's got Marilyn Monroe. But it isn't. Yeah. It's because it's got Jack Lemmon dressed up as a woman, uh -huh. having such a good time playing the double bass. And when Perfect. the punk band, the punk folk band yeah. said to me, if you want to join our band, you yeah. can't be singer, you can't be a guitar player, you have to play double bass. Yeah, I watched the film and I thought, if Jack Lemmon's having such a good time playing the double bass, yeah. I want part of that. Perfect. That's amazing. Um, favorite song or album on repeat right now? Uh, right now, yeah, it's uh, 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 all about the bass. Yeah, uh, and okay. I can't remember the name of the artist. And no. I'm really sorry. What's her name? No, that's she's, great. She's brilliant. All about the bass, and Perfect. she makes me cry. To be honest, nice. I'm okay. 100%. Um, if you weren't doing this job, what would you be doing right now? I'd be a dude, blue dog in a cartoon, absolutely no yeah. doubt at all. <laughs> Perfect. What's an app on your phone you can't live without? I don't use my phone if I can yeah. possibly avoid it. Amazing. Uh, favorite children's book? Oh, the one I wrote with my wife. Yeah. What's but actually, the, the real answer to that is um, yeah. I used to read stories to my daughter when she was a yeah. kid. Yeah. Um, and as all parents know, your children want you to reread these stories yeah. that you just yeah. think are awful and are really yes. boring. And if you watch Despicable Me, yes. th there's that whole kind of thing. And then yeah. he ends up writing his own book. Yes. Um, with, uh, with the unicorn, with the nose. Yeah. 
that's me. Okay, and, and what's, what's the name of the book that you and your wife wrote? It was Boo Wan Koala. It's the Blue Dog and Yellow Koala. I mean, the whole Perfect. kind of children's thing was based around was that. The, around the World maybe. in 12 Songs with Boo Wan Koala. Perfect, perfect. Um, what's the most important thing you've ever changed your mind about? Ooh, don't know. There's a question. Going back to the UK. Yeah. Absolutely, okay. 100%. I, I came to France. Uh, yeah. I was in love with a French woman. I was 21. Yeah. She was 19. She had been sending me postcards and I had been sending her postcards. This was in the day when we didn't have internet and we would send postcards. And neither of us ever appeared to realise that the post person would be reading the postcards. And you kind of think, how stupid were we? And I pitched up at her house in Paris and said, hello, we're in love. This is wonderful. And she went, ah, mm, ah, this is my boyfriend. And that was one of the terrible moments. I almost just went back to the UK. Yeah. And didn't go back to the UK. I stayed in France, and yeah. 32 years later, I still haven't gone back to the UK. Wow. Okay. Well, good. Good. <laughs> That's a great one. Uh, and last but not least, what's the best thing you ever bought for ten dollars? Or I guess it could be ten euros or ten euros. Uh... Oh, wait. Well, yeah, that would be. Um, that would be. Oh, ah, ooh, ah, mm, 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 the. Clash album, London Calling. At the time, that was such a long yeah. time ago. Yeah. But, but basically, I bought that album, and it's still brilliant today, and I'm not a punk anymore. And awesome. that just... If you, if you can nail punk and great music and still be listenable to 30 yeah. years later, you're a genius. It's amazing. Jason, um, this has been a huge pleasure, a huge honour to interview you twice in one sitting um one of which we'll is to... lost forever to prosperity Posterity. um we'll have to have you on again i would love an encore episode um once you're you know the software is launched and you're out of beta and, and to talk more about it and even maybe we can even go through a walkthrough of what it's like uh, yeah. for someone to sign up and, and go through it that'd be amazing do a little kind of uh tutorial and 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 orientation for those that are interested it sounds fascinating it sounds amazing um, thank you for making time today. And, and last, I got to ask this, are you personally a Google local guide or do you, you avoid that on your phone? Do you ever go and review places on your Google Maps app or do you? I've actually got three different Google accounts yeah. and I can never remember which one I'm logged into. So yes, I am, but it's kind yes. of fragmented across these three different accounts. Yeah. Okay. Um, and part, part of me actually doesn't enjoy it because I get annoyed being asked all these questions that I just don't want to answer. Yes, um, yes. But one thing I do do is when I go to a place that I think has been spectacularly good yeah. or the yeah. people have been really kind or nice or helpful, I always give a review. Amazing. On Google, is that your place of choice? You know, I'm, when it's a local business, I, I go yeah. to Google because I know that's yeah. what affects the business the most. Um, so I, basically, the only time I actually participate in the Google Guide thing is yeah. when I really care about the place. Amazing. Well, Jason, uh, thank you uh, so much. It's, it's been an honor to have you. Um, and, and I'm excited to see more content that you put out. I'm going to find it all over the internet, all the different sites. And those that are interested, we'll put some links to uh, where Jason publishes as well for you to read some more. And uh, thank you so much, Jason. That was absolutely awesome. Thank you so much. That was brilliant. We'll see you everyone next time on Marketing News Canada. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. 
For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded at the Jelly Marketing Studio, thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editor, Travis Jeffers. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.